You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 78. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. So happy to have you back for another beautiful episode. So much to talk about, so many great things going on in life, and and so many really amazing topics that are going to be discussed today as we are going to be covering limiting beliefs and limiting decisions, things that we have touched upon in the past. We're really going to dive into them today because I'm getting a lot of messages from people um, through my social media channels and on emails that uh, I'm hearing an undercurrent of limitations coming through. And I really want to touch upon that. It's one of the reasons why Sober Sessions this week is going to be covering this in way more detail and in-depth uh, because I'll be bringing Sue Mandel in, as always, as the co-coach. And we're really going to touch upon this. It's really going to be deep. If you haven't had a chance to join us for a Sober Session yet, please do Thursdays, 6 Pacific, 9 Eastern. It'll be amazing. First, I'm literally just coming down off of this amazing high. My very first television segment was aired in San Antonio on a morning talk show there called uh, uh, Daytime with Kimberly and Esteban. And just so cool. Uh, it's just, I, I'm just floored. It is uh, one of those things where uh, I just put a tremendous amount of work into uh, doing what I do and being able to go out there and, 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 and show it to more people than I had previously is just one of those moments where it just, it's, it, it's touching because I do uh, so much work on the back end to improve myself and to constantly check on my physical and emotional and mental and spiritual acuity and, you know, the books I read and the lessons I teach and the coaching subjects I bring up and the two podcasts, it's, it's, it's a lot and it's so rewarding and it's so fulfilling and it's gratifying to see that it's, it's growing and the more people who I can uh, get my voice in front of and can talk about these topics to in mindset shifting and things like that, it really, it's, it's extremely important to me. And when I get messages from you guys who talk about how, uh, you know, I've helped you with your mindset shifting, I've guided you to a different kind of thinking, uh, it means a lot. I, I can't even begin to tell you how much it means to me. Uh, when I got into this, I, I was like, if I could just help one person shift their mindset and see that they have it inside of them to be whoever they want to be just by prioritizing themselves and prioritizing their their life, right? Like this show isn't just, you know, about let's get sober and let's do some steps or let's do some four truths, but it's like, let's kick some freaking ass. I mean, one of, one of the amazing messages I got was someone wrote, he's like, because I posted something on Instagram about it's not about survival, it's about thrival. And I obviously added an AL to thrive just because it sounds cool next to survival, but it is about thrival, right? We're not just here to survive and to just make it one day after the next. And yes, at the beginning stages of sobriety, right? It is just, it's one day at a time. And I've never lost sight of that ever. Uh, ever. Still to this day, if, if, if I find myself future pacing how long I'm going to be sober in addiction recovery, I'm not thinking about 74 or, or 82 or even being 45. It's today. Today is the day that I'm sober, right? But when we're in addiction recovery, right, we're, it's, it's, we're, we're moving beyond 
just, okay, great. I'm sober, but now what? Right? Like that's, that's something I've been talking about for a while. Great. You're sober. Now what? It's not just surviving. It's thriving, right? It's all thriving. We want to be able to look back and say, man, it wasn't, you know, once I got rid of alcohol and drugs or food or sex or gambling or whatever it was that was, that was just taking over my freaking life and making it so I couldn't even see past my own nose, then once I moved past that, it's, it's like a whole world opened up to me. The things I, I knew vaguely were there all of a sudden became just whew, you know, when, when I talk about it like that, you know, uh, putting a flashlight into a dark room and all of a sudden seeing everything that's there. In my, in my mind, I'm picturing this old uh, game called Legend of Zelda on the 8-bit Nintendo that came out back in like the middle of the 80s. So I'm definitely aging myself for all of you who are in your 20s, 30s right now, who are born in like 1990. But there was this game, and maybe it's still this case with video games, that you only got to see the map that it when you had stepped into a particular part of the game, right? So when you first start, the, your, the map is completely dark. And as you start to move it, maneuver through the forest and in the caves and stuff, it begins to illuminate. And it's through this adventuring that you begin to illuminate your entire map and actually be able to see the territory. It's something we talk about in NLP. One of the presuppositions is the map is not the territory. Just because you see what you see on your map doesn't mean you know the entire territory. We use this when we're thinking about somebody else's life. We're using this when we look at the dynamics of the world around us, that what you see on your map isn't necessarily the entire territory. Lewis and Clark going from St. Louis all the way up to the Pacific Northwest, they had a map of what they knew existed. And the more they were on the river, the more that they went over mountains and the more that they traveled through fields and forests, they began to see more of the territory. And then that territory was became part of their map. But until they adventured that into that unknown, they didn't even know that territory existed. It's almost like had their adventure been part of a simulation, did that part of America even exist before they stepped foot into it? Because it hadn't been mapped by anybody uh, that was associated with the United States. It had been mapped by all of the Native Americans there. They knew it existed, right? It's a, the tree falls in the forest as it make noise. Until you see it with your own eyes, it doesn't necessarily exist. It exists to other people, but it doesn't exist to you. And that's what sobriety and recovery is about, right? There are all of these things that exist, but when you're stuck in this darkness that is addiction and you don't see a way out, it's because you haven't adventured beyond it. You have to take that step and adventure past it. And the very first step is saying, I do not have enough power within, you know, with what's going on with me. I need to seek it in other places. That's where you can call upon your God. That's where you can call upon your meetings. That's where you, right? That's where you call upon Kaiser Permanente like I did. You go outside of yourself and say, okay, I need more resources. Uh, what I am have now is not good enough. I need better resources. I need to go seek those things. It's why I do the show and it's why you're listening to the show. You know you desire more resources, 
right? You can have a backpack full of awesome things when you go camping, but if one of those things you forgot was waterproof matches and now you're stuck in a torrential downpour and you need a fire, boy, that one little moment when you were back at home and you said, no, I don't need those waterproof matches, or you forgot them in a drawer, or you never bought them to begin with, now all of a sudden that one little moment becomes the most important decision you made on the journey. So we're looking to put as many skills, as many resources into our backpack of life so that when we come upon things in the future that we didn't see coming because our map isn't the entire territory, we're as prepared as we can be. And we can't be completely prepared for everything, right? We don't want to get stuck in the malaise, stuck in the decision-making process, right? So that we're sitting in our driveway with our car already started, but we're waiting for every single light along our journey to work or to school to be green in order to hit, to put the car in drive. If you do that, you will never leave the driveway. All the lights will never be green. The path will never be completely clear. All challenges and hurdles cannot possibly be um, seen in advance far enough out that you can be prepared for every little one. You can be as prepared as possible, but you can't be completely prepared because there are infinite situations that could occur when you walk out of your front door. There are infinite situations that could occur when you wake up in your bedroom that morning, right? You could say that you've got it all figured out. You've got everything planned out. Life will go according to your plan. And then a pandemic shows up. (laughs) And all of a sudden, the life that you had seen yourself building in 2020 becomes completely different. If we are also in this process of developing ourselves and learning new things about ourselves, holding on to the past and holding on to limitations that we have either consciously or unconsciously um, set upon ourselves, then not only are we dealing with the current moment when this particular hurdle or challenge or decision comes up, but we're also having to deal with the repercussions of how we have limited ourselves with decisions and beliefs that we set down and, and made a part of who we are from the past. Right? This is where limiting decisions and limiting beliefs come in. Because when you, when you think about that, right, and, and this, is, this is becoming more and more popular for people to hear and to talk about, especially if you've gone through and, you, and you've read anything like uh, uh, Carol Dweck's book on mindset, which I've talked a lot about. Uh, Brene Brown's Daring Greatly touches upon this. She uses different vocabulary when she discusses it, but she's definitely talking about limiting decisions and limiting beliefs. I have no doubt that this woman has come across NLP books. Um, she studies in the field of you know psychology and shame and vulnerability. So I know that she has come across NLP books. Um, So many books that I do read, um, they have NLP terms in them that if you're not familiar with the the world of NLP, then you just, you read it and you think no big deal. It's, you know, Alan Carr's An Easy Way to Stop Smoking book is a great example. That book is just an NLP book. He is just programming your brain the entire time you read it to no longer desire a cigarette. And at the end of the book, uh, if it, you know, obviously everybody has their own interpretation and their own perspective of it. But generally when people are done with that book, they can go a period of time after they're done reading it without a cigarette because he has done his job with NLP and placed all these subliminal messages into your head. That's what you have done to yourself since you were a little kid even. So let's discuss why 
limiting beliefs and decisions and knowing more about them is important before we get into the what are they because you literally have been building these things up since you were a child and you didn't know it or you didn't know any better and now you are contending with these things today and it's why I get some of the messages that I get about feeling like there's this block within me that no matter how much you try to positive affirmation your way through it, it's just, you're like, it doesn't seem to be working. It's like there's an anchor around my foot. And every time I try to move forward, this thing's holding me in place. Limiting beliefs and limiting decisions is that anchor. It is that anchor. So a limiting decision in NLP is the decision that preceded the adoption of a limiting belief. Okay, we sometimes we experience a challenge in our life and we make a decision that could prevent us from experiencing more joy in the future. When you Google limiting decision in LP, that is the definition that pops up via Google. I want to dive into that here in a little bit more, but this is just an opportunity for you to get an overall idea of where we're going with this episode. Okay, why is understanding your limiting beliefs and decisions important? Let's discuss motivation. We discussed toward in a way energy and motivation frequently enough that if you're a longtime listener, you absolutely are in touch with where I'm going with this. Okay. We want to be looking for ways that we're going toward, right? You want to be pulling yourself toward that positive energy, that positive motivation, not pushing yourself away from the negative. This is where limiting decisions and limiting beliefs start to come in. And my mind's a little, it's a little cranking right now. It's trying to make sure that I, I get this out in the most best way, but it's okay. If you're a child and you uh, see one of your parents come home late from working and then the other parent uh, gets in an argument with them because they're working so late and they're never home and they don't want to take care of the, you know, they're not here to take care of the kids in the house with them. Um, as a child, without understanding the full concept of what the what the argument's really about, you can make this uh, limiting belief in your head that says hard work leads to arguments in the house. Because all you saw was, you know, let's just use the let's just use traditional. Let's you know what? Let's flip it. Let's use untraditional um, stereotypes on this one. So mom comes home from work, and dad's furious because. He's been working with the kids all day and the house is a mess and the kids have been screaming and crying. It's like, where the hell have you been, wifey? I am so exhausted. I need you to just take the kids. And wifey's like, are you kidding me right now? All I have done is work my butt off all day to support this family. And this is the kind of reception I get when I come home. And then an argument ensues. And so you have this, you see mom came home Dad got angry, mom was at work, so obviously work causes arguments. And so you you make this limiting decision in your head that I'm not gonna work real I'm not gonna work hard when I get older, and then I won't get in arguments with the person that I love. Right? Then you get this belief in your head that hard work leads to arguments. And then you get older and you want to start working hard so that you can start having the lifestyle you desire. And instead of being able to work hard, you find yourself aloof, procrastinating. Uh, Perhaps you are stuck on this whole perfectionism bullshit that really is just a form of uh, of, uh, buffering and procrastination that generally is rooted in shame and, and which shame is rooted in vulnerability, right? Daring greatly talks about this a lot. I would just read a whole chapter on procrast or perfectionism last night. So anyways, you, you get it in your head 
that if you work hard, it starts arguments. And so this, you make this decision, I'm never working hard. I'll never get into an argument. And then it becomes a belief that all, that anytime you work hard, it will start an argument. And maybe now you're not getting good grades in school and you go to college and you can't figure out why anytime you want to work hard, you immediately start to uh, turn your attention towards other things. And then you get into the real world and all of a sudden you're, you don't, you show up late to work and you get in arguments with with people of authority because you they say i need you to work harder right this motivation that's negative motivation right where you think if i if i work hard it'll start an argument rather than seeing the positive if i work hard then i can have the lifestyle i desire so i can have safety and i can have certainty and i can have the things that i desire in life when you think I'm going to go to work in order not to be poor, uh, then that's a that's an away from motivation. I'm going to go to work in order to um, have money in the bank to always have a roof over my head because I love the feeling of, of warmth and security. That's a positive. I want to get sober because I want my family to stop hating me and I want to stop living on the streets. That is a negative a motivation. Whereas I want to get sober so that I can have a beautiful home and that I can feel comfortable and safe in. And so uh, I can go up to my family and show them the love I have for them and have it reciprocated positive. Okay. So let's not get lost in in the weeds on this one when you were thinking about uh positive and negative motivations, because we've discussed it before, you already know in your head what that is, right? You you know what it is to try to dodge the boss in order to not get yelled at versus doing a good job. So the boss seeks you out to tell you how amazing you are, right? Dodging boss, negative away from motivation. Uh, doing a great job. So the boss seeks you out positive toward motivation. So limiting decisions, limiting beliefs, energy, why is understanding these important? Because when you understand that they exist within you, you can begin to seek them out and change them. Why understanding limiting decisions and beliefs is important is because when you know they exist within you, you can seek them out and you can change them. We don't want to ignore them. We don't want to hide from them because they are not hiding from us. They're literally dictating our decision-making process at any given moment, right? It could be that um, you you could have watched, uh, let's say, your parents eat bad food their entire lives, eat tons of junk food, and you get it in your, and then they gained a lot of weight and they had health problems. And so as a small child, as a teenager, you made the decision that I will never eat junk food because then I'll always be healthy. And then the belief became anyone or anytime junk food is near me or anybody who eats junk food, they're unhealthy. They could get really sick. I can't be around those kind of people. And then you find yourself, you know, stuck in this world where anytime you see people eating unhealthy food, uh, you, you get this sort of like, uh, uh, pain inside your chest because you're afraid that they're going to get sick and they could possibly pass away. And then you have a hard time with connecting with people because you're afraid that anybody who eats a Twinkie is all of a sudden going to get sick and die, right? All because you saw your parents eat junk food and then they gained weight, they got ill and that became an issue. And now you made this decision that all junk food kills people. And now every time you see junk food, you get an anxiety. When you see people eating junk food, it stresses you out. It causes you not to make connections with people you normally would because you're afraid that they're going to eat a Twinkie and die at 45 when all you want to do is love them, (laughs) 
right? Like, I know that example sounds absurd, but this is the kind of programming that gets into your head. And as an adult, you think, okay, just because somebody eats an Oreo cookie, it doesn't mean they're going to die of diabetes at 42 years old. But when you were a child and you started making these, 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 um, these webs connect when you started making all these little connections, you weren't, natu- you weren't naturally at a stage in your life where you could use rational thought. Now you are, but you're still contending with these anchors of limiting decisions and limiting beliefs that are holding you freaking back. I can guarantee you that if we had an opportunity to have a one-on-one conversation and we started diving into your childhood and your tween and teenage years, that we would start noticing where limiting decisions and limiting beliefs that you made at a young age caused you to start displaying addictive behaviors at a young age. And ultimately, once you were able to get your hands on addictive substances, boom, you were in. You were in. And you didn't even realize, like, I look back at how I behaved at four, uh, six, especially from that six to 10 period, I was laying down a, 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 a pathway of addiction at an extremely young age. And looking back at it now, I can see it with, you know, it just blinding light. But as a young child, right, with parents who are emotionally unintelligent, it was all happening in front of us and no one was even noticing it. The light hadn't been shown upon it, right? My parents were operating with their map, not the whole territory. Therefore, I was really only seeing what was on their map, not the, not the whole territory. And therefore, all of this was happening in front of us and nobody even noticed it. Next thing you know, as soon as alcohol touches my lips, it's, it, 17 is when it first touched my lips. And uh, I definitely stopped after the first time I got sick and, and, and stayed away from it. My girlfriend in high school didn't like it, yada, yada, yada. What ended up happening once I graduated high school is all hell broke loose. These limiting decisions and limiting beliefs that I had. And let's jump into that. What is a limiting decision and limiting belief, right? Let's throw out some examples so that you fully understand this. Uh, and first, let's start off with limiting decisions, Okay. The limiting decision can be, I am not good enough. There's never enough to go around. I'm not attractive enough. Um, I can't have everything I want. Um, you have to work hard to be well- wealthy. Work is hard. My dad used to tell me all the time, work is hard. That's a limiting decision. Work doesn't have to be hard. You can have it be fun. Even if you're a ditch digger, you can choose like, hey, this is fun. I'm working on my muscles. I'm getting a tan. I'm staying hydrated. I got a sandwich over there in my lunch pail. Can't wait to have that around noon. Right? You can decide that work is not hard, that it's fun or that it's easy. Even if it is working in a coal mine, it's still, it's all your mindset. Somebody else could look at it and be like, man, working in a coal mine sucks. And you could be like, actually, you know, I like it. You know, I get to take this pickaxe and knock down this wall. And every single day, the hole gets bigger. (laughs) You can change that, right? Another one is uh, you can't be a a mom or a dad and have a successful business and have kids. That's a limiting decision, right? I I can't, um, I, I... I won't be successful in my life with money because my parents weren't successful with money. That's a limiting decision. I can't be successful because my brother or my sister or my, uh, my parents are already successful and there's not enough success to go around. Here is one of the things that blows my mind about the world is it seems to be that at some point it was either decided by the elite or it was just a general sort of mob mentality group think decision that was made. 
that there is not enough on this planet to go around. Therefore, if you've got three sandwiches, that means I cannot have any sandwiches. Now, you might have worked for those sandwiches. You might have gone to the store and gotten your sandwiches. And I might have just sat at home and done nothing. And then I see you with sandwiches and I have none. And I think, oh my God, there's not enough to go around. I need to beat your ass and take your sandwiches. Right? This whole, this whole idea that there's not enough room in this world for everyone to succeed. Right? If I see you with three sandwiches, instead of wanting to fight you for your sandwiches, I could just simply say, hey, that's awesome that you have three sandwiches. I'm super hungry. How did you get three sandwiches? The person could tell you how they got three sandwiches, and then you go off and get your own sandwiches. Oh, you know, I went and got a job. They paid me money. I went to the store. I gave the store my money that I had earned from the job. I came home, and now I have sandwiches. Awesome. I didn't even know that was a possibility. I appreciate that. Maybe the person offers you a sandwich. Maybe they don't. Doesn't say anything morally or virtuistic about them. They might have worked their butt off. These three sandwiches might be all the food they have for the next three days. Who am I to judge them on whether they give me a sandwich or not? But it's now my job to go off and get my own sandwiches. I know hopefully you're (laughs) thinking that I went a little nuts on the sandwich example, but it's extremely important that we realize there is enough room in this world for everyone to succeed. I really honestly believe that sexism and racism and religionism and all these these issues that we have with other people in our society that are exactly like us or completely different stems from this limiting decision that there's not enough room in this world for everyone to succeed. If you've got three sandwiches, if you've got three fishes and I got no fishy, then all of a sudden I need to take your fishy. Right? It's like teach a man to fish, learn to fish kind of thing. It's like, you know, I could give you a sandwich, but or I could explain to you how I got a sandwich. But these limiting decisions are being made on a wide, wide scale. And they are literally crumbling our world. You can't have everything you want. It is the most bullshit thing I could ever have heard. Now, you can have everything that you want, The caveat being just like when people talk to children and say, this is America or wherever country you're listening to me in, you can be anything you want, right? The the big thing here in the States, you can be anything you want in the United States. Absolutely you can. Are you willing to put in the effort? You can have the best addiction recovery in the world Right? It's not a competition. I'm just simply saying, as far as you're concerned, you can be like, I have the best addiction recovery in the world. That's great. Think whatever you like. But if you're not willing to put in the effort, if you're not willing to have the discipline to move it forward, then you can use all the words you want. It's definitely not going to make it true. Limiting beliefs. Now, these limiting beliefs, they, they get paired with limiting decisions. I talk about limiting beliefs all the time. Some of the limiting beliefs, because I didn't have a good education, I can't get the career I want. Now imagine if you tie that in with before, that because my parents didn't go to college, I can't go to college, right? Now you tie that in with the limiting belief, because I don't have an education, I can't get a good career. You you make a decision, precedes that belief. Right, like I'm not always, you know, whenever is when I said the definition earlier, um, that the limiting decision precedes the adoption of a limiting belief. You know, not fully. You know, it's like does the decision beat the belief? Does the belief? You know, it's like 
where are you when you're a little kid when you're watching it? Do you really understand the belief versus decision making process? So let's not get hung up in the semantics of which one's first. Just know that they are a combo. If a limiting decision exists, a limiting belief is there with it. If a limiting belief exists, a limiting decision is there with it. This is like, you know, uh, I was going to say ketchup and mustard, but some people don't like ketchup or mustard. And I was going to say mayonnaise and ketchup, but some people don't like that. I'm trying to think of a good, good what is it? Like, uh, what Forrest Gump say? It's like peas and carrots. If you find a limiting decision, you find a limiting belief. Because I have been betrayed before, I can't trust anyone again. That is a limiting belief. Because somebody has cheated on me before, everybody I date will cheat on me from here on out. Because I was dumped before, I will be dumped every single time. Because I didn't have enough love as a child, I can't express and receive love in my life. I have literally said something just like that. Because my parents were emotionally unintelligent, I can't be emotionally intelligent as an adult. Because my dad didn't know how to say he loved me, I can't express love now. Because my dad was closed off emotionally and worked all the time in order to show us his love, I therefore cannot show love any other way than uh, financially or by being the breadwinner. Right? These are limiting beliefs. Because I have less experience than others, I can't get enough clients. Because I am younger than everybody else in the office, I can't get the promotion. Because I am older than everybody else in the office, I can't get the promotion. Because I am old in general, I can't something. Because I am young, I can't something. Because I am white or black or Hispanic or Asian, I can't something. When you say things like that, that is a limiting belief. If you say something like, well, I've always just been this way, that is a limiting decision and a limiting belief coming out of your mouth. Why is your room a mess? I don't know. It's just always been that way. That's because you made some sort of decision and attached it to a belief at some age in your life that if you have a clean house or a clean bedroom, that it means something negative. The word limiting and limitation, they, they bring about a connotation of negativity. So therefore, if you, if, or, or if you're Monica Geller, right, and you're, you're the, the character off of Friends, and you keep your house immaculately clean, somewhere in her life, perhaps it was the cleanliness is next to godliness saying, it got in her head, and she's like, if my house isn't so freaking clean that even the eye hole with the little picture frame around it isn't spotless, then I am a less than of, of a person. Like we, we, we work so hard to not necessarily always have to judge people off their behaviors, but judge people off, right? The person isn't necessarily their behaviors. They, they are a person, right? They can, they, they can have love and beauty and amazingness in them, and they can still behave uh, not according to the manual we have for them. I, I expect you to act like this, and then I can love you. Well, they're not always going to act like this. So if your love is only going to come toward them whenever they do exactly the way you expect them to behave, you are setting yourself up for a horrible, horrible outcome. The expectations are the leading cause of resentment. And you can have these limiting beliefs and these limiting decisions just rolling through your head. So when you start to see other people behaving a certain way, then you're naturally going to respond in a certain way. And, And it may not be always positive because 
it's being run through this filter of, uh uh-oh, they're doing something that I think is bad for me, so it's bad for them. But I don't think that eating meat is good, and I've set up these decisions and these beliefs in my head for why, and now I see somebody else eating meat, and you know what? Burn them. You've made up your decisions and your beliefs, and again, they can be completely great for you, but it, it doesn't mean other people have to behave that way in order for them to receive your connection or your love or just your friendliness. Regardless of the content of a belief, a belief is like a cause and effect that stops us from getting something that we want or need. I found this in my research and I just loved it as a sentence. Regardless of the content of the belief, a limiting belief is a cause and effect that stops us from getting something that we want or need. Right? I have multiple ways of helping you overcome your limiting decisions and your limiting beliefs using NLP techniques that are tried and true. You know, one of the reasons why I went off and became an NLP trainer was to begin to hold conferences and and workshops so that I can literally teach you these methods and then you can just do them on yourself. I do them on myself all the time, whether I'm literally reading out of the manual word for word, how it was taught to me, or whether I'm making an audio file. It's like I can, and then going back and listening to it and getting myself into that state where I'm ready to break through that limiting belief or decision. None of these things are insurmountable. These aren't, these aren't, these aren't even Mount Everest. These, these are things that can be achieved over. You can, you can get over them. You can move through them. In fact, you just have to be willing to acknowledge that they're there. These limiting beliefs and these limiting decisions are holding you back. Anytime you say something like, I can't because, right? You're looking to be at cause. You want to be the one who causes your success in life. You don't want to be at effect where you think it's somebody else's fault, right? Anytime you say, I can't because, you're taking the power away from you and you're giving it to somebody else. I've discussed this whenever people say, God willing, let me be sober. To me, that's giving the power of my sobriety and myself over to God. Again, everybody to each his own. I want my power. I absolutely want my, my higher power to be standing next to me going, you got this. You got this. I have given you the resources. You have learned the resources. You have added enough resources and skills and talents to your backpack of life. You got this. Now go out there and forge it. I read a really cool meme recently that said, you know, uh, something about to the context is, why can't I hear God whenever I'm going through the, the most challenging tests of my life? And the, the second part of the meme was, the teacher is often silent during the test. Like, like we expect God to be, you know, sitting there, cheering, yeah, 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 yeah. When oftentimes it's like, We are given these resources. We have learned these resources. We are gathering these resources so that we can forge ahead, right? That teacher, God one, uh, being silent, uh, seems to go against the one on the sand where, you know, uh, when the footprints one, why God, whenever I was going through my toughest challenges, were there only one set of footprints? Well, that's when I was carrying you, right? There's there's two different mindsets going on. There's two different belief systems. Either one can work. If it works for you, my goal with this whole little, this last three minutes or so is for you to realize that the power is in you. 
this thrival mechanism to thrive, not just survive, it's in you. We're not living in caves anymore, susceptible to the weather where a, a saber-toothed tiger could eat us or we don't know what that berry is so we might eat it and die. No, we have knowledge. The human species has accumulated a ton of knowledge. We can get through these things. We know better now. We know how to. Whether you want God to carry you or you want God to be silent, either way, I want you to know that you've got the power within you. That footprints one could go just could, could actually line right up with the teacher one. Hey God, why didn't I see your footprints? During your toughest tests, I gave you the freedom, the free will to make your decisions. I gave you the resources and now I set you upon your path. I was there to guide you, perhaps spiritually, perhaps with your intuition, but you had it in you all along. I wanted you give I wanted to give you the freedom to make your own decisions. It could go either way. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to get very religious or spiritual in this part because we're starting to run towards the end of the show. And, and two, you know, I do my best to sort of tread that line to not upset people who are devout religious versus those who are barely religious or even spiritual at all. You'd be whatever you wanna be, right? Everyone's, everyone's accepted here, but I wanna just give you enough examples. I wanna open your mind up to just everything. Right? I mean, that's, that's what we're seeking here. It's just open-mindedness, this clarity of, of thought, this clarity of what it is that we can accomplish. I want to instill in you the confidence that you can accomplish things. And not just little things, but all of the things, the biggest things, the mountains of all mountains can become molehills, can become ant beds you step over. Because you have the control. You have the control to Acknowledge these limiting decisions, acknowledge these limiting beliefs, and then begin to work through them. The how of it is literally, you know, I mean, again, I could do NLP process on you in five minutes, it could go away. But if you're thinking, Jesse, give me something I can use right now that's tangible, here you go. When you say, I can't because you're taking away your cause, your ability to do something, and you're giving the effect, you're saying somebody else is responsible for this, and that's why I can't do it. When you hear yourself say, I can't because, I can't make money because my parents can't. I can't make money because my job won't give me a raise. I can't go on vacation because my job doesn't give me any vacation days. That's, there is a limiting decision and belief. You could change jobs. You could go find yourself another job that gave you more vacation. Well, Jesse, there's not a lot of jobs in my town. So, okay, great. Part of the how you overcome limiting decisions and beliefs is you stop believing your own bullshit. Seriously. At, at, at some point, there's no amount of awesome positive words that I can say that will get you through your own limiting decisions and limiting beliefs. If you want to fight for your limiting decisions and your limiting beliefs, congratulations, you get to keep them. Your brain will always seek to make sure you're right. So if you say, I can't go on vacation because my job won't give me any vacation time, and I say, well, go get a different job that gives you vacation, and your response is, well, there's only so many jobs around here, so therefore, I can't change jobs, so therefore, your solution is crap. Way to go, Jess. You just let me down. That's, you, that's on you. <laughs> to just blanket statement out there, right? There, Here's just one. You could go and learn how to well, do computer programming, and now you can code websites or you could build websites, and now you could do that from the comfort of your own home from a laptop. 
right? That's one solution. You may not like that solution. You may not want to be a computer programmer, but there is one solution. And if there's one, there's probably 75 that I can't even think about because I don't want there to be 14 minutes of dead airspace as I'm jotting down the brainstorming process to bring them to you. I need your brain to start opening up your mind to all the different options that are in front of you. Because no matter how hard I try, I cannot begin to get into the mind of thousands and thousands of people and bring an example that will meet your needs on a moment's notice. You need to see it within yourself. You need to understand that it's happening. I can't because is how you begin to acknowledge that limiting decision and that limiting belief is there. And you begin to open your mind to the possibility that if you work and prioritize, if you think about it, you can overcome it. There's so much more we could discuss here. So much more. But just understand that this stuff is unconsciously inside of you. You bring it to your conscious. It's how you change things. You were unconsciously behaving a certain way in addiction. And whenever you brought it into your conscious and said, no more, even if you kept using for another five years, that's whatever it was. But the fact is, is that at some point in your life, you said, I cannot do this anymore. You literally began digging yourself out of that hole right then and there. Whether it took you another day, or it took you two years, whether it took you five years, it doesn't matter. The fact is, the moment you say, this isn't how I want to live anymore, I got to get out of this situation, I got to stop, you started yourself down that path of getting out of that bullshit. Even if you were sober for two years and then you had a relapse, you learned all that amazing stuff and maybe a limiting decision and maybe a limiting belief played a part in why you turned back for that one day. But great, you learned a ton of stuff in those two years. Grab out those resources, use them, figure out what it was that one particular moment that caused you to step back into your old life and now you can jet forward. Bring it out of the unconscious, bring it into the conscious. If you've got to write it down, if you've got to say it out loud, if you've got to talk about it with one of your partners or your or a best friend or a therapist or me, whoever it is telling you is absolutely overcomable. And you know that it is because other people have done it. And if one person can do it, then anyone can do it. Roger Bannister ran a four-minute mile when most humans thought if you ran a four-minute mile, your heart would explode. <laughs> <laughs> that it was physically impossible for a human to run a four-minute mile. The people were talking about heart exploding and like muscles ripping out of the body and bones exploding. It was crazy, the nonsense that people had in their head. They made this limiting decision wrapped around a limiting belief that no one could run a four-minute mile or the human body would explode. And guess what? After he did it, that next year, like 20 more other people did it. If one person can do it, you can do it. It's not about survival. It's about thrival. And when you're looking for ways that you're not thriving, I promise you, if you can discover where the limiting decision and limiting belief are located around that area that you're not thriving, and you can bring it into your conscious, you can begin to make those changes. At one day, you'll look back and go, I cannot believe I used to think that way. Man, I'm glad I released that. Look at the life I've created for myself now. What's the next limiting decision and limiting belief I can tear apart and change? Because damn it, I'm on a roll.
I'm on a roll. Don't look, now I'm on a mother effing roll. That's not how the song goes, but that's what I decided to say. I got to rock it out. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. I love you all. Limiting decisions, limiting beliefs. Go to Instagram, click in my bio link, find the sober session registration, get yourself into this week's meeting. We are going to dive into this and show you how you can do it as much as we can without having a one-on-one. I've given you some steps here. By all means, let's get into it more there. Love you so much. Hope to see you at one of the sessions. Much love. Talk to you all soon. Bye-bye.